Alright, greetings all, you're listening to Talks from Togo again, and I'm posting periodically as you've noticed, so um, even if I never post for like two years, you know, um, don't worry, I'm still around, I'm not gonna, uh, it's not, uh, just because I don't post, it's not because, just because I don't post an episode, it doesn't mean that I've vanished off the face of the earth, it means that I'm preoccupied with other things, you know, this is still the Talks on Tour podcast, and thanks for listening to this guy talk to himself again, you know, he did this out of passion, out of a dream, out of something that he've always wanted to do, you know, um, I've been experimenting with like uh, voice clips online since I don't know since like 2013 or something so it's not like this is just a brand new thing that I've started off I've been doing it for the longest time I think even way before this when there was still pepperonity, I think around the 2009s, even 2010, I've been putting voice clips on the internet. So this podcasting thing is not something that I just woke up and decided to do. I've been trying to do, I've been doing it for a long time. And yeah, I even had this Voices of Life websites that I once did where I put up like uh, small clips. So yeah. You know, I've been long wanting to do that. It's not because or if <laughs> that I'm doing it just because uh, I wandered off or something, you know. Yeah, alright. Um, like I said before, just because I'm not posting, it doesn't mean that I've um, it doesn't mean that I've um, gotten myself into trouble or have perished, you know. It just means that I'm doing something else, you know. Um, you know, even <laughs> when I'm no more, you know, um, the podcast will still, hopefully, will still be on. People will still listen to it. And when I'm no more, you know, I think um, you'll probably know there'll be nothing on my social media. And just nothing on my Twitters, Facebooks, or whatever social media I'm on. I put my whole social media um, presence on this one, vid- on my intro video on YouTube. Yeah. So even when I'm not posting on more, the content is still there. You can still check it out. You can still listen to it, you know. Talk some tour podcast is still around, you know, you can listen to it. Except on um Iono. Iono I don't think is present anymore. So I'm listen um I'm just on this new um podcast host, yeah, you know. So check that I think it's anchor or something. Yeah, I think it's anchor, yeah. You can listen to my podcast on that. Is it anchor? Um, I don't know what, uh, okay, let me just check it out.
I think it is Anchor, yeah. My latest podcast, but it's on the page, you know. You can check it out there on the Talk Swim Tour Facebook page, all right. You know, I got just three main things that I just wanted to take off my chest today, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is not a popular podcast, you know. I think, like, uh, I don't know, probably 10, 20 people listen to this podcast, you know. And they know they're likely, unless they're overseas or something like in the West African guys that are, uh, or Caribbean guys that are once mentioned, you know, I think if they're in South Africa, they know what I'm all about, you know. It's not like uh, uh, I'm a distant uh, dreamer. Um, on the ground, you know, I've lived on the streets, so it's not like uh, I'm doing brand new things that are out of the ordinary. No way. I'm still the same grounded in Togo. I'm as down to earth as you can get, you know. So this podcast thing is just a little thing that I've always wanted to do. It's a dream of mine, you know. I've always, I've always wanted to do it, you know. So, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> if you don't like it, you're not forced to listen to it. Let me just put it that way, all right? Uh, all right, the three main topics I wanted to get off my chest. Uh, you know, um, you know, uh, um, because I, offer, I often just want to say things as organically as possible on this podcast it's not a blog if you want to check out a blog you can check out my blog you know it's what's on umsova's mind and my podcast i want to do things from the top of my head and almost freestyle everything you know <laughs> and just um, express my views on a particular topic and uh, unfortunately no one's around so you're just gonna hear my own view you know <laughs> if you wanna send your view to me you can send it maybe i'll play it on this podcast you know i'm not a recluse i'm not an isolate i'm not an island i'm open to interaction you know and uh yeah you know you know i think i've said this too i've already said that i'm just repeating myself on this topic you know you know cultural nuances in south africa you know uh you know i don't know i think it's only a matter of time until a group of people in south africa realize that you know they were taken for a ride you know (laughs) they're being used as um as material, you know, to make a country, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, people think that South Africa was made, the majority thinks in South Africa, the black majority thinks that South Africa was made for them, <laughs> and ever so often, I think even twice a week, we're reminded that South Africa was not made for black people, you know. <laughs> and uh, as crazy as that sounds, because uh, black people in power and, 
you know, I think the fundamental systems, you know, the very name South Africa was not made by a black person, you know, was made by, I think, the, who's this Kruger guy, who was, uh, I think, first president of the Zaid-Afrikaanse Republic, when they still spoke Dutch and Afrikaans was not known, you know. That's where South Africa comes from. And even to this day, you know, <laughs> um, there's still like reminders maybe two, three times a week in South African media. Maybe even, you know, two, three times a day even, you know, <laughs> I think. As South Africans were as Black South Africans were reminded that South Africa was not made for us, you know. And I don't know what it's going to take. It's going to take something, you know. Sure, you know, um, the descendants of the people that made South Africa, um, the Dutch descendants, still want to hold on to power in South Africa desperately, you know. Despite it being a black country, a majority black country, you know. And for me, I support the, the secessionist movement of the Western Cape because they realize that, you know what, the South Africa thing is not for us. Let's separate and leave the blacks alone in their territory and keep our territory there in the Western Cape where they can maybe build a country with the sand descendants, with the Koyan sand descendants, which are mostly colored today, you know. So I think I support that movement more. Was a sovereign state of good hope led by Kobaha and um, all those guys, you know. Um, you know, here in South Africa, in the black parts of South Africa, there's a desperate attempt, you know, to get black people <laughs> to fight um, clever black people, you know, because uh, black people, intellectual black people want to see progress and want to progress, you know, they don't want to be stuck in the same ruts as always. So what's the capitalist elite in the eastern parts of South Africa, the majority black parts of South Africa, are trying to do is trying to get the downtrodden people to fight these intellectuals, you know. They're trying to get these, um, <laughs> I don't want to say dumb or stupid, but um, the people that don't know any better. The people that don't know any better, even if they do know better, they just don't want progress uh, for whatever reasons, for their own selfish reasons, or maybe just because they hate a particular intellectual, you know. They want to bring that intellectual down, you know, and they want to bring that intellectual movement down because it will bring prosperity to the majority you know so that's what the capitalist elites are trying to do and the well i don't know if they're doing it in the western and northern cape but definitely in the 
eastern parts of South Africa watches majority black, you know. They're trying to do that. They're trying to get these downtrodden black people that don't know any better to fight these progressive thinkers, you know, that are thinking of solutions instead of ways to survive the, um, the status quo. Because to survive the... To, 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 to try and the status quo of South Africa means that you want... <laughs> You want uh, progress, you know, because, you know, the status quo in South Africa is that um, the the majority, the black majority must live under some sort of, um, must be seen as lesser than, you know, and to reinforce any form of dignity is almost counter to what the status quo is so black people the black majority of South must be seen as dirty and poor you know and the white um, well the non-black minority must be seen as better than you know and if you want to bring about a sense of dignity and um, that refuses to keep black people in the same image of being dirty and poor you're seen as a threat you know so these minority non-black people are going to try get other black people to fight you yeah and that's what it is you find that there's like Sandra Semfene in the background just making <laughs> these dumb <laughs> black people these um, black people that don't know any better fights these seemingly intelligent black people you'll find that guys that like say the most progressive things though you know you can realize that this guy even okay i won't name any politicians or any people in general because i'm gonna i'm gonna put a target on them you know like you know if you're going to do something that will fundamentally change the situation of black people in south africa for the better you automatically have a target on your back by these uh, minority non-black people you know and they're gonna try and get um drug addicts and other downtrodden black people that just don't want anything to do with the world to try and fight you you know and by that they try to stifle you until um they try to stifle this intellectual black individual until like he's run out of <laughs> passion for his cause you know he's run out of uh, almost run out of reason for his cause because like um it will seem like it already existed somewhere, whereas it just never existed, you know. <laughs> They're going to try and put like a, a select few black people with something better than them. And it's in front of them. It's like this thing that um, I don't know who it is. It's like um, this leader of the Black Panther was a dark-skinned guy was a bold dark skinned guy he said that um, anytime you do something great 
they're gonna try and put a a whiter version <laughs> anytime a black person does something progressive for his people they're gonna try and put a, a whiter version of him <laughs> in front of him all the time and try and make that guy better you know and all that's and it's happening it's that's what always happens you know um it's like almost like um they want black people to think that they're just destined to be uh <laughs> dirty and poor you know when it was never the case historically you know africa has been home to very to many civilizations we created iron working hell we in africa we discovered fire you know um you know like lots of things were made uh in africa so like to say that um Africans are incapable of doing anything progressive, you know. It's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's just not true, you know. It's just not true. Yeah, so like, you know, in South Africa, we have like these differences still, you know. There's people, there's black people that want uh, progress. And then there's... Um, the non-black minority that uh, tries to get downtrodden black people to kill off this uh, progressive black movement, you know. And that's what's been the major stumbling block of South Africa moving forward, you know. You'll notice that whenever we on media, it's always the same repetitive things, you know. It's never, you know, it's always the same problems. Racism, tribalism, you know, um, poverty, you know, lack of <laughs> corruption, you know, lack of infrastructure and, you know, lack of service delivery, you know. It's the same, same, same problems, you know. But, you know... When you say that, when you offer a solution, it's almost like they want to put the small part that is progressing in front. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, when you know, like, um, say you're in charge of a fleet of cars, like, you know, you own a business that's like um, a transport business, and you're in charge of a fleet of cars, and like, um... Say so 80% of those cars need servicing. <laughs> but at the moment you say that, they're going to show you like the 20% of the cars that do not need servicing, you know. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a trip, it's a trip, you know. It's, a, it's really a trip, you know. It's <laughs> it is a crazy trip, you know. It's a crazy trip. It's like, you know... You're spotting a problem and deciding to fix it, but the moment you try, they try and they take your solution, the like the one percent parts of your that is already like made up of your solution, you know, and try and fix that and try and try and show it in front of you and um, 
try and make you think that <laughs> it's already happening, whereas it's not, you know. The problem still persists and people will continue complaining about the same problem forever, you know. If I say there's no bread, like, like say, let's say 90% of houses do not have bread, you know, it's not helping that you show that just the 10%, you just show the 10% all the time of houses that do have bread. You know, the overwhelming problem is that most houses do not have bread, you know. So, like, what are you trying to prove yeah, man? <laughs> I don't get it. You know, like, you know that the majority of Nigerians, like, you know, live below the poverty line, you know. It's not going to help just showing rich Nigerians, you know, for example. You know, it's not helping. It's not helping, you know. And as sad as that is, you know, it's what happens. It's what happens. They want um, these small minority groups, these small capitalist elitist groups. They want to keep the status quo. <laughs> the, I just retweeted um, like an, uh, an African elder yeah, on um, Twitter, on my Twitter, who was just saying the very same thing saying that there's a capitalist elite in their country and they're even willing to kill you if you try and change the status quo, you know? Because it's almost like you're taking bread out of their mouths. Whereas some houses do not even have that bread, you know? As sad as it sounds, you know, sometimes you gotta pick your battles, you gotta decide when, you know, this war is really up to... I can fight this war or you should just let it go because like you know you can fight for change as much as you want but if you're just not winning the war what's the point you know you can win a lot of battles but if you're not winning the war you know it's almost pointless you know so like you know I just wanna the first topic was me expressing the plights of the black masses in South Africa and how we're always fighting the same problems and anyone who comes up with a solution is almost seen as a threat, you know? <laughs> so, like, that's what it is. So, um... My solution to this problem is, you know... divide South Africa into its ethnic uh, regions where and they can choose how to govern themselves and I think though when you know when there's a nation state it's much easier to implement socialist systems than a multicultural multiracial state you know because in a multicultural and multiracial state quite often uh, capitalism is king you know when it's one people, when it's the majority, and, and let me just put it like this, when it's the majority in charge, it's much easier to implement socialist systems. When it's minorities that are, you know, pulling the strings, capitalism is usually king, you know. So that's me, my first topic was me expressing why South Africa almost seems to be stagnant and never move forward from some problems, you know. <laughs> How long have we been dealing with tribalism and racism 
But when you pull up a solution, it's almost like, ah, you're a threat. How long have we been dealing with the black plights of South Africa and lack of equality? But when you come up with a solution, ah, you're a threat, you know? So that was my first topic. My second topic, all right, when a shift or can't because it's the elephant in the room some people are saying okay there's bigger wars in africa you know five million people were killed in the congo war you know there's a uh, still a war going on in congo you know there's still conflicts going on in congo right now and yeah for sure but you know i feel like this is always in the news so why not just discuss the elephant in the room you know this Russia-Ukraine war, you know. And uh, people are saying that it's going to change food prices. And it already has in some places, you know. and But some countries, uh, I'm guessing, like, a lot of countries are not that dependent on those two countries. So, the that much on those two countries. So, they're going to have, uh, they're going to feel the effects less, you know. And I feel like it's almost taking too long. And the longer they said in the news that the longer it draws out, the heavier the consequences for that region and several other regions around the world, you know. So for me, I just hope, like, I don't know, whatever the outcome, I hope, you know, it finally reaches its end, you know, because, you know, what has war ever obtained except death and destruction, you know? If there's gonna be a war and a fight, I think, um, I'm not Russian, you know, <laughs> so, um, I'm not, I'm very neutral on this, uh, on my perspective, you know? I don't believe, um, you know, sure, you know, they say that Russia was provoked. But, you know, um, at the same time, I feel like, you know, why are they, you know, it's, it's brutal, you know, why the brutality, you know. If they're under threats, all right, you know, uh, I don't know like try and influence the country or something you know <laughs> uh without maybe that's all russians know you know because <laughs> russians are still you know um more the old-fashioned types of people you know i believe in invading and conquering whereas um you know in some cases around the world, you know, well, in the modern world, you know, we see um, diplomacy and talks as more effective than invading a country. Say, for example, um, here in South Africa, we realize that, um, well, we don't have... Um, uh, a bitter as bitter history um like russia against the west you know here in south africa so i'm just saying like uh for example say like um i don't know um 
there's a problem with Nigerians in Zimbabwe or something like that, you know. <laughs> there's a pro- say there's a problem with um, Islamic. T- oh, let me use this example. Say there's a problem with Islamic terrorists in Mozambique as it's happening right now. What we do is not invade Mozambique <laughs> and um, <laughs> invade Mozambique and. In fact, we try and communicate with Mozambique, you know, and tell them that okay, do not let the Islamic insurgents gain control, you know. And there's more diplomacy nowadays, you know. Instead of invading a land and terrorizing a land, you know, but maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but maybe um, the Russian government and Kremlin sees things differently. And sees invading as the best solution, as opposed to talks. I'm the last one to say anything about that part of the world, as I've never been there, and um, I know very little except what I've seen on media. But the um, my solution would be just talks, mainly, primarily. In fact, in fact, you know. They could have, as Slavic brothers, you know, Ukraine and Russia, they could have talked things out and told each other about um, whatever's happening in NATO, you know. And, uh, you know, I don't know what NATO really has over um, um, all these countries, but, you know, uh, I'm the last one to talk because I'm not an insider. A lot of people aren't insiders but are talking about this war. But, you know, I still see talks as the best solution as opposed to invading a land. Eh? That's just me. And hopefully the war ends soon enough rather than extend and increase the devastation um, in that region and harms the global economy, you know. There's also, you know, like a conspiracy theory, you know, like, you know, seeing us as COVID and all the wars in Africa, <laughs> you know, that there's like a, some people that are trying to forcefully reduce the world population because there's just too many people on earth and they're just making it um because the more people there are the the more there's climate change you know because with more people we need more transports more food you know and that's adding to you know um global warming and climate change some people do not believe that climate change and global warming really exist but, you know, <laughs> the scientists, you know, uh, can't be wrong, you know. And, you know, sometimes you can even feel it and the air quality is claimed to be decreasing. So, you know, sometimes I don't get people that um, are so complacent like this. Because they think that... Um, um, even if the world ends, it's like um, they shouldn't care, you know. <laughs> uh, they don't know if the world ends, 
it ends with them you know <laughs> you know but whatever you know kesara sara um okay that's a conspiracy by the way i don't know if it's true or not it's like you know this russia ukraine war and covid you know it almost seems like there's a force trying to force there's a force trying to um deliberately decrease the world population somehow and um i don't know could be true could not be true you know so don't run off to the news with whatever this podcast says you know but <laughs> you know if you know something keeps happening and like you know all signs point towards um of someone like you know is climbing into a house uh, or like a window of a house you know um and he, and then he runs away you know what are you going to assume you're going to say oh a person just came out of a window of someone's house and ran away you know <laughs> what is that obviously all sides points to that person being a burglar you know um whatever alibi will have to be a very strong one because you know coincidence i don't believe in coincidences you know a lot of things like you know there's no way some things can happen you know almost like at the very same time and <laughs> you expected not to add two and two together and get four you know like for example if like you know um like mosques start popping up somewhere and all of a sudden islamic terrorists starts entering your region what are you supposed to think man <laughs> you are being invaded <laughs> what else you are being invaded by that particular group you know but we're complacent we're we like the status quo here in south africa so we wouldn't even know if we're being invaded yeah you wouldn't even know it would just seem like it would be just a topic maybe in bars or something but we're never going to do anything about it because we just like we just almost programmed and zombified to keep the status quo yeah all right my last topic is um on leftism global leftism and the image that people seem to have of leftism and um all these ideologies are like these said to be bad ideologies and said to be good ideologies you know people think that democracy and capitalism are the ultimate good you know <laughs> when they're probably just you know just as bad as fascism communism and socialism you know i do not think that um communism and capitalism will be good irrespective of a leader you know i think it all depends on the leadership you know um it just even uh, they say that a monarchy is bad you know um you know if you look at the monarchies around the world you know 
and you look at some um, the democracies around the world probably like seven or eight times out of ten the countries that are in abject poverty are probably democracies where capitalism uh, rules as opposed to countries where a king or sultan or emperor still rules you know japan still has um <laughs> an emperor you know did you know that japan still has an emperor but look at where japan is you know one of the biggest economies in the world you know uh morocco still has a king you know a lot of the nordic countries still have a king swaz you know a lot of countries still have a king in charge and they are probably the most stable and most well-run countries you know so don't let anyone make you think that a dictatorship or uh, a fascist government is bad you know don't let anyone make you think that you know because if you let go of your beliefs you know and as uh, and and cave into whatever the world thinks is good you're going to be a slave eventually you and your descendants are going to be slaves to that system that you allowed you know because you know if you take a look at what communism is what is communism you know it's the concept that everyone is equal you know um any economic gain that um the state makes is shared across among the people you know um socialism is a cousin of communism you know a lot of developed countries today use socialist systems where whether it's um you know healthcare and um all sorts of other goods you know but you know they never called out as bad because it's um open quotes developed countries close quotes you know so like in impoverished countries socialism is seen as bad because <laughs> um it will improve life for the absolute, the the poorest you know you know in some countries socialism will works in some countries it will not work it will work in certain areas you know and might not work in certain if your country has um the complete ability to make say um as all the necessary things it, it has to make say for example shoes you know and you do not need any external help all the shoe you have everything to make shoes there in your country there you know various socialist systems could um be better for example like the governments could run that sector you know and it would have to close off the economy from foreign um, companies you know and that way it can be good what um communist or socialist systems are better is if the government has full control of a particular part of the economy that um they have to, they did not have the full capability of running it and um 
when like um, importing like um, a, from a foreign company or allowing a foreign company to set up base would be better than letting the government take full control of whatever that sector of the economy is, you know. A little foreign entity um, be part of that particular economy, for example. So, like, I do not believe that, you know, all these systems that are pointed out as being bad are really that, you know, they're, they're not bad, you know, because, like, one could argue that in Africa we are the original communists, you know. We lived under, we probably lived under communist or socialist systems before colonization, but no one will say that because that's Karl Marx, you know. <laughs> Karl Marx invented the system. And you really think that Karl Marx invented the system in the 18th century, and all this time it just had, it just sprang out of a vacuum in the 18th century? No way. It already existed. Socialism and communism already existed in various forms in history. All over the globe, in fact, you know. It's only because Karl Marx was famous for that book that he wrote that it became attributed to him. Socialism, communism, capitalism, fascism. All these political systems, monarch, you know, they're trying to make it seem like it's brand new. It's more like they already existed in some forms, you know, all over the world, you know. So, like, you know, do not think that communism is bad just because <laughs> you're told that it's... It's because some people are scared that it will take, you know, money out of their pockets and improve the the masses, you know, life for the masses, you know. You know, fascism, you know, what is fascism? Fascism is the belief that your people come first um, irrespective, you know. And how, you know, you got a question, how is that bad? Um, some people think just because, you know, you, like, honor your group or ethnic group you're gonna have to kill off some groups you know and you know that's you know recent history tells us that whereas if you honor your group you know if you don't honor your group what are you gonna honor you know because if you don't respect your own people, then which people will you respect? <laughs> you know, if a person doesn't respect his own people, then he does not. He cannot. He probably will not respect foreigners either. You know, <laughs> that's often the case. You know, if you don't, if you don't, if you think your people are shit, what are you gonna think of outsiders? You know, you're gonna think of outsiders as worse. You know. So, like, you gotta be careful of people that are not nationalists, even the slightest bit, because those people aren't worth much to foreigners either, you know. <laughs> because they think that fascism is just about killing foreigners, killing people that are not like you, 
and it's just not the case. If you do not respect your land and people and your own ethnicity, then what are you going to think of foreigners? Are you going to think of foreigners as better than your own people? And when those foreigners come to your own land and do better than you, and uh, you start getting envious of them, what are you going to... You're obviously going to resort to being nationalist and fascist again, you know? As, uh, you know, people think that these, um, like, you know, they think these old systems do not work. And how... Did they last so many millennia, you know? <laughs> How did, um, you know, I'm guessing, you know, the world lived in um, a very egalitarian or even capitalist systems, you know? Capitalist systems are all this time, you know? You know, communists are all this time. I'm guessing in the ideal world in history, where there was a balance and everyone was mostly equal. I'm guessing that was the best um, society because the moment people are seen as inferior, they're going to rebel against whichever group thinks of itself as better, you know. And they're going to fight to for the equality and the, and the rights, you know. And I'm guessing that, you know, egalitarian systems or socialist systems are better than any capitalist system and in, in any um, class caste system like they use in India, you know. They use caste systems in India where particular groups are seen as better than um, other groups, you know. And for me, you know, that's almost a recipe for this. You know, you, you wonder why India never goes anywhere. It always almost seems stagnant. It's because of these oppressive systems that they use, you know. And you wonder why some countries just never go anywhere. It's because they discriminate against certain groups, you know. The same with South Africa, you know. When there's a, like a, a nation state, you'll notice that when there's a nation state where there's a same language and identity and cultural unity across the land, that land is more likely to thrive. You know, I've said this before, I've said this like probably fifth time I've said it now in this Tosun Togo podcast series, you know. Whenever there's a group of people that have the same language and culture, you know, they're more likely to succeed than a country that is a Babylon, you know. So, like, you know, political systems for me are, you know, are not that important. It's the people in charge that are, that are or the systems or the checks and balances of that system that uh, are more important or whether they're adhered to or not that uh, ultimately determine and the level of corruption in that government you know that ultimately determine the level of corruption ultimately goes back to whoever's in charge you know 
It's the people in charge, not the system, that determines success. You whether you're a communist, fascist, um, socialist, capitalist system, you know, it's the people in charge that determine whether the majority are living a good life or a bad life. It's not the actual system, you know. So that's me, you know. Um, sure, you know, it's the people in charge. Even in a monarchy, you know, if, um, you know, the king, like, <laughs> sees, um, is, for example, classist, you know, and um, picks out certain groups and oppresses certain groups, you know, and uh, like oppresses the majority you know that um, kingdom will not last you know that empire will not last oh you know yeah that's my main point on my third topic you know it's not communism that's bad it's not socialism that's bad it's not monarchy that's bad it's not capitalism that's bad it's the people and the governments or the checks and balances of the government, you know. So that's been talks on Togo, you know. I hope to see change across the world, you know. I hope to see change for the better across the world, you know. And thanks for listening once again. And um, yeah, I say it again, you know, if you're not a fan of this podcast don't listen to it (laughs) yeah you know all right take care